The Dorkening and all affiliated shows are not intended for anyone under the age of 18. The following may contain discussions or scenes that have adult situations, graphic violence, nudity, strong sexual content, and graphic language. This show is intended for mature audiences only. Viewer discretion is advised. This is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman. You're watching The Dorkening. Stay tuned. Hey there, true believers. In 1978, the Man of Steel battled the greatest boxer of all time. This episode we discuss the celebrity comic book, Superman vs. Muhammad Ali, where an alien race called the Scrub demands that Earth's greatest champion battle their world's own greatest fighter. Both Superman and Muhammad Ali step forward to determine who is truly Earth's greatest fighter, we discuss the importance of this one shot, the history around it, plus some famous cameos. That, and a lot more awesomeness following these important messages. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird! It's a plane! mission to fight injustice to right that which is wrong and to serve all mankind i can't get over this so the only thing left to say of course is the one obvious thing excelsior everyone thinks because you're a zombie you don't know good coffee well they're wrong there's only one brew that gets my seal of approval deadly grounds coffee is my guilty pleasure the aroma is so intoxicating. It brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork. Deadly Grounds Coffee. Coffee to die for and zombie approved. It's good to get a little deadly. Use the front door! Oh, they're so disgusting. Hello, hello. We have another awesome show scheduled for you today. This is Splash Pages, the comic book club. And as always, it's powered by the Dorkening Podcast Network. And, uh, you know, I was just going to say something extremely stupid. I was going to call our fans Splashers, but we need to come up with a, you know, a, a no. better name. <laughs> nope. Uh, Velvet Joker, you're saying no? I don't know about Splashers. <laughs> I. <laughs> Let's 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 no. let work on no, that. No, 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 no. We can do better than this. I know, I know, okay. I know. It's it's. God damn it, Leo. Yeah, it, it, we'll think of something. But if everybody is a good little uh, boy and girl, I may show you our uh, new upcoming intro uh, later on today. I have uh, the Wait. video file, so uh, it's uh, network-wide, so it's awesome stuff. You may see some Wolverine and Batman in there, so I may use that for some of our stuff as well. But you know what? It is Tuesday, and we're talking comics, so it's going to be a lot of fun. And we're going to be talking about Muhammad Ali fighting the man of steel but what what is up with you gents what's going on um life life it's, yeah. it, 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 it finds a way <laughs> does it apparently we're still here right well i i actually finally today in like the last hour and a half finally delved into jupiter's legacy uh, the, and the... I didn't think I was going to like it, but I'm drawn in. Same here. Did you, ever, did you read the book? No. It's actually pretty good. I mean, it's a Mark Millar property, so it's going to be good no matter what, um, usually. Um, but yeah, no, I, I have yet to watch it, but having read the book, I was like, wow, this is actually a decent story. Um, I'm looking forward to the show. I've heard mixed things. I've heard some of it's, some of it's good, some of it's meh. But hey, why not? Well, uh, so Drew, I know. You, did you watch the whole? Uh, sorry, uh, Velvet. Did you watch the whole thing, Rich? Just or, the first episode. Just the first episode. Okay. Uh, I binged the whole thing over the weekend, and uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, the special effects are a bit cheesy, but the story totally makes up for it. The story is so awesome. Uh, but I think a lot of people may be thrown off because it, it's. The special effects aren't even up to like the boys par up to par for the boys, you know. Um, right. But it, it's you know they're getting there, and I'm sure you know with the success of this, if it, it does have success, that you know they'll get a budget and 
season two will be better, but overall the story was phenomenal. Yeah, I didn't think the special effects were bad in the first episode, yeah. that's sure. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was all right. And then like it, it was crafting a nice little story. So uh, yeah, you should definitely check it out, Mr. Drew. Okay, listen, I, I'll add it to my list, my dude. You know, it's always trending. Hey, watch this. I'm like, that's fine. Are you going to pay me to? <laughs> you know, but whatever works. Um, so well, you write an article about I'm it. To, yeah. Oh my God, don't. I got enough articles to write. Um, trying to think if there's anything else that's big to talk about comic-wise. Uh, nope. I'm sure there's something. It's just not important enough for me to talk about. Um, a lot of good books out there. They deserve to be read. Oh, yeah. And we're doing our best. Yes, especially this one. I. It's funny. I had always heard of the story. I had never read it until y'all were like, this is what we're reading. I'm like, okay, that's fine. You know, um, it was great. You know, definitely. It, it's funny. It, it's one of the comics that feels is dated, but still has an oddly timeless quality to it. Yep. What do you guys think? Uh, absolutely. This is um, uh, for background for everyone. We all picked five different uh, comics that meant something to us and put them in a randomizer. And this is the first one on the list. So this was one of mine. It was a childhood favorite, 1978. So I was seven years old. And I remember uh, each, me and all my cousins, we each got one of these giant sized DC books. There was Wonder Woman, right. Batman, and there was this, Superman and Muhammad Ali. And this was the one that I got. Cool. Um, I still have to this day, but the cover's kind of torn up. But uh, it's still near and dear to heart. And uh, rereading this and looking at these pages, and, and, and in 1978, the level of art um, and the storytelling and the, and the background of using real characters, uh, you can tell that research was done. But uh, from what I understand, Drew, you've done a little bit more research about that, and you're going to fill us in. Oh, my God. Thank you for putting me on the spot yet again. Velvet Joker, what a nice smile. Well, so you no, before putting you on the spot, we didn't even do the Sophia oh, stuff. Yeah, yeah. You and gotta, you, you guys, you, you're, you're so excited yeah, to yeah. get into this, you know? I am, I am, I am. I'm, I'm sorry. You know what? He's got to earn his 5%. Oh, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. And, and you know, I was going to say, I'm reading uh, Earth Volume 2 for Batman. Loving oh, it. Nice. Loving it. And uh, Volume 3 is coming out soon. Yes, it is, finally. it's been It was delayed because Doomsday Clock took longer than they thought. Yeah. So yeah, but cannot wait because I I own both of them and I have both of them signed by Gary Frank. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, and they're great. I always recommend them to people. So I can't wait for volume three. But did uh, so good. I I was turned on to Gary Frank by uh, Secret Identity. Did you read Secret Identity? Mm-hmm. Okay, it's, it's it's on my list. It's on my list. Yeah, enjoy. Cool. Have fun. Oh no, no, I read it. It's on our list to cover here. So it's, uh, oh no, what I meant by have fun is that there's a oh, lot of really great work that Gary Frank has done over the years and always recommend him yeah. to anyone. He does great stuff. Nice. Well, uh, today we are talking about in 1978, the man of steel behind uh, uh, battle, the greatest boxer of all time. This episode, we discussed the celebrity comic book, Superman versus Muhammad Ali. So this was published in 1978, written by Dennis O'Neill, adapted by Neil Adams, and the art was by Neil Adams. And the cover price of this was $2.50, which was quite a bit for a comic back then. Ah. <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. It's okay. Uh, channeling my inner Sophia picture. Sicily, 1978. Jimmy Carter was president. The Yankees beat the L.A. Dodgers and Montreal busted Boston for the Stanley Cup. We paid a ticket price of $2.34 to go see Superman the movie. Also Animal House, Every Which Way But Loose, Jaws 2, Grease, Tell Me More, Tell Me More. Uh, on the boob tube, we watched Laverne and Shirley, Three's Company, Mork and Mindy, Happy Days, and M.A.S.H., and uh, some of the, did you know that Laverne and Shirley and uh, Mork and Mindy were spinoffs from uh, uh, Happy Days? Happy Days, yes, yes. Yeah, no, no, no Yeah. Mork was on Happy Days as a character. Well, also, uh, La Laverne and Shirley were as well, uh, but they had different names. Uh, they no, they were... didn't. They totally were Laverne and Shirley, and they dated um, Fonzie. Uh, Fonzie and Richie. Yeah. Yeah, I thought, I thought, well, anyway, we're talking about Muhammad Ali. Uh, <laughs> you could be thinking about the uh, Tuscaderos. Yeah. 
Pinky yeah, Tuscadero. Right. Yeah, that's what I was like. Okay. Uh, we're dating ourselves. Okay. Uh, if you were a kid in 1978 on Saturday morning cartoons, you enjoyed the all-new puppy show. Bug, uh, puppy. 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 <laughs> all-new puppy. Uh. Whoa, I missed that. All uh, new puppy show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, you know, Pound Puppies was well ahead of his time. Uh, sure was. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the all new Popeye show, uh, Bugs Bunny Road yeah. Runner, Challenge of the Super Friends, Godzilla Power Hour, Scooby's All Star Laugh Olympics, Fantastic Four, and the Bay City Rollers. And I didn't put the titles down, but there was actually some. Uh, non-animated like kids shows that were on uh for saturday morning cartoons as well they definitely had a lot back then Mm -hmm. so gas cost 63 cents a gallon what sony introduced the walkman those were the days (laughs) yes they were uh sony introduced the walkman the first portable stereo best picture was annie hall record of the year was hotel california by the eagles and album of the year was uh went to rumors by fleetwood mac so in 1978 an alien race called the scrub demands that earth's greatest champion battle their world's greatest fighter both Superman and Muhammad Ali step forward, and to determine who is truly Earth's greatest fighter, Superman temporarily loses his powers to face Ali in a ring. Ultimately, the duo must work together to defeat the scrub, with Ali taking on the champion while Superman battles their space armada. Indeed. There we have it. I'm going to bring up the—actually, uh, before I bring up the comic, uh, actually, we'll talk about the cover in a little bit. I was going to bring up the cover. Mm-hmm. Give me one second, and I will bring up yep, the yep, comic. Yep. I mean, you upgraded the internet, so we shouldn't be dealing with any delays, right, Leo? Uh, that's, actually, that's yeah, you know, just my friggin' luck. <laughs> <laughs> Go you, Drew. Screw you to hell. Oh, you know, I, 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 I'm sorry. This, you know, he he boasted about it earlier. There we go. You, you know, but just my luck. Just... I I upgraded my internet, and it's screaming fast. But something happened during the upgrade that my docking station for my laptop crapped a bed. Mm-hmm. So I'm running off of Wi-Fi, so I'm not getting, like, the full speed. Oh. Yeah, That's so. A lot of fucking excuses. Yeah, I, it's just nothing but problems with me, you know? <laughs> okay. All right. We'll let it go this time, Leo. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Do better. I'll try. Come on. I'll try. I'm so sorry. Please forgive uh-huh. me. It's okay. No, it's fine. It's fine. You'll, you'll live. So. All right. So I guess we'll kick this off with a little bit how this happened. Um, So to quote Leo, picture, if you will, 1978 in the DC Comics office. Um, Right now, around this time, you have Superman is interacting with a lot of real life celebrities. You had JFK, Steve Allen, Bob Hope, Jerry Lewis, uh, Alan Funt. You even had, and I would love to read this comic, Don Rickles. So imagine Mr. Potato Head teaming up with Superman. It's just going to be hilarious, you know? Um, so you have this. And, and funny enough, Muhammad Ali wasn't actually the first athlete who worked aside uh, the Man of Steel. That actually was wrestler Antonio Rocca. So that's I was like, wow, okay. So essentially what happens is that there is a meeting um, that Julius Julie Schwartz um, basically pitches the original idea. So gentlemen, when I say the idea, can you both laugh at me? So, so he's just sitting in there and he's like, you know, why don't we have Superman fight uh, Muhammad Ali? Ha 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 ha. Okay, really? <laughs> really? No, thank you. Thank you so much better. Thank you, Rich. That's a laugh, not your hokey uh, 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 automatic audience, you know, laughter. If I wanted that, I'd watch The Big Bang Theory. Um, so essentially what happened is that everybody thought, like, you're nuts. But but Julie Schwartz saw potential in it. And so did uh, Jeanette Kahn, who was the publisher of DC at the time. So you have two people saying, this is, a good, this is actually a good idea. Let's go forward with this. So originally, the guy who started the idea um, before Neil came, really came onto the project was Denny O'Neill. Who, you know, we all ever like anyone in comics knows Denny O'Neill. He really needs no introduction. He was one, he's one of the best writers DC ever had. He's one of the best editors. Uh, if it wasn't for him, heck, we wouldn't even have um, Ra's al Ghul. So we got to give credit where credit's due in the fact that the guy kept writing well into his 90s. So that's still pretty damn impressive. 
Um, he's, he was working on it. He started to. He had to drop out eventually. And then Neil Adams, as we know, took uh, kind of picked up where he left off, finished the adaptation, and then did a lot of the artwork. And the book was originally supposed to be out um, fall 1977. But because there was a lot of delays due to Neil working on other projects, it wouldn't even happen until spring 1978, which was by that time, Muhammad Ali wasn't even the world heavyweight champion anymore. But that actually ended up kind of working in, in his and the book's favor. So um, so let's just think of it this way. Leo, you're always talking about history, right? Yeah. Like of the time. Um, around this time, Muhammad Ali is not very popular in American culture. Um, he, as you remember, all our history friends out there, he objected to Vietnam. He was convicted of draft evasion in the 1968. Um, he was like, I, I have no quarrel with the Viet Cong. You know, and of course, America is like, no, they're our enemy, you know, and he would have been a wonderful poster boy for them, but he didn't want to do it. So the opinion is pretty low. So, you know, um, in interviews, Neil Adams said that that it was pretty daring to have this uh, young African-American hero that's basically on the same level as this uh, white mythical Superman. And he said some of that had to do with uh, a lot of the liberal New York uh, younger Jewish men who were working for DC at the time, who they understood prejudice. So that in some ways the book wasn't just a creative accomplishment, it was kind of a subtle political act, if you really think about it. Um, and they had a few lines so, in there that really, really captured that as well. Mm -hmm, exactly. So that there was no coincidence there that they really definitely did that. And I think that contributed to the timelessness of it. So, and it's funny because they, of course, had to get Ali's permission, right? Uh, in order to use his likeness, heck, to use the character in, in the book. And he said he, he was fine with it. But around that time, uh, he'd already converted to Islam. So he wasn't Cassius Clay anymore. He was Muhammad Ali. So that DC's creative team, I, I think it might have been, it might have been Julie, uh, Julie Schwartz, it might have been Jenna Khan, it might have been Denny O'Neill or even just Neil Adams. They had to go down to Chicago to get the approval of Ali's spiritual leader, um, Elijah Muhammad. So, you know, there was a lot of approval going on. And that, I don't know if that really contributed to the delays. But yeah, and then uh, they they slowly started working on it, and eventually you had what he had. And it's funny because Neil Neil didn't get to be a part of it until they brought him on to work on the cover, which um, I, I of course have some information about. But I'll let Rich take that because he was very passionate about it when we first discussed this. So Rich, take it away. The cover. Well, I, I am indeed passionate about it. Unfortunately, I did not print out the list that I sent you guys. Well, I, I happen to have the <laughs> list good. right here. So, uh, Oh, man, it's a, t it's, it's a tag team effort. What, what is the total amount of people that are on that cover, Leo? Uh, I, I'm not sure if I have a total. I have the complete list. Oh, okay. Um, All right. One that I sent were numbered, so you have something else. No, no worries, no worries. Well, actually, no, it's in the book, so I can, uh, yeah, so it's 172. Okay, 172. Yeah, and they, they uh, so they gave you a little game to play. So uh, you had uh, showbiz personalities, celebrities that were political, sports celebrities, literature, and of the arts. DC staffers, Warner Communications executives, Neil Adams, Continuity Associates, Muhammad Ali, cornermen, editors, writers, artists, DC characters, and also some famous people that were covered up because they did not have yes. the uh, the rights for it. Exactly. It's funny. Um, well, originally, I, I, I didn't know this because, again, I know this cover. This is one of the most famous covers, I think, in comics. Right, guys? This has been one of the most famous. And I think also it's been constantly reproduced, at least just the image of two people boxing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So originally, the cover was supposed to be done by the late, great uh, Joe Kubert. Um, who DC, I guess he was probably going to be the artist for the book. So I guess in some parallel universe, Joe Kubert would have been the artist of that, which is pretty interesting if you think about it. Um, but originally DC didn't really like, um, the, they just didn't like his, his, his the, the, like how, 
how Kubert did the likeness of Muhammad Ali and also he didn't like kind of like the grim look of it. I guess it's kind of has like a kind of noir raging bull kind of feel to it. Um, personally, I I would have been fine with either cover. Um, I, I think this one is a pretty accurate, like if normal people were just watching the show, like I feel like that's pretty accurate. I mean, the very rowdy, cheering, enthusiastic crowd. Um, but yeah, so then they were like Neil Adams, they tapped him to, to basically do it. And essentially what I find is amazing is that Adams basically based his cover on essentially Kubert's format. So in some ways without Joe Kubert, we could, wouldn't have had the cover we have. So and uh, it's you know, pretty <clears throat> funny, I'd say. And the two of them standing there like that, you know, it, it really, you know, they're trying to promote the USA and they're two gladiators, you know, both fighting, you know, against the aliens for our for our planet. And uh, it's it's just like this really is it's like a warm feeling. But at the same time, it's like, all right, it's time for action. And the amount of people in the crowd are insane. It's like Lucille Ball and George Perez and Paul Kupperberg, um, Donnie and Marie the jacksons um just any sure. amount of people i mean leo you could just peel off like 20 or 30 famous names easy yeah so uh real quick uh so these are showbiz personalities uh the beatles with yoko ona and linda mccartney Kirk Allen, Lucille Ball, Sonny Bono, Johnny Carson, Cher, Dick Clark, William Conrad, Phyllis Diller, the Jackson Five, Jerry Garcia, James Garner, Ron Howard, Jack Larson, Noel Neal, Tony Orlando, Donnie Osmond, Marie Osmond, Christopher Reeve and Glasses, that's awesome, Wayne Rogers, Frank Sinatra, Ra Raquel Welch, Wolfman Jack, Peter Falk as Columbo, Andy War Warhol, Woody Allen, John Wayne with a mustache, and uh, Wally Wood. And I saw an interview. Uh, apparently, this bald person here next to Batman is supposed to be Telly Savalas. Yes, it was. And and uh, Neil said in an interview that the hand you see there, because he, he changed it to be Lex Luthor, the hand where they were supposed to be holding a lollipop, yeah. I guess that was... His his signature thing. Yeah, was, but Telly was like, I he would think, "Hey, who loves you, baby?" Yeah, yeah, and he always had a yeah, exactly. lollipop. Hey, who loves yeah. it, baby? Indeed, and it's it's funny you bring up the John Wayne with the mustache because Neil admitted that because he'd drawn the cover right, and then they had sent out for the permissions, and certain people were like, "No, I don't want my likeness." So. What he just did, because he was like, I'm not going to erase this. I'm not going to, like, I've done this cover. It's perfect. So he just drew mustaches on the people who didn't approve so he could get away. So that's why John Wayne is essentially John Wayne, but it's a mustache. Right. And and it's funny because some people actually thought that that was Stan Lee at one point. Like, and I was like, you know, kind of, I can kind of see it a little. If you think about it. Um yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, it, was it was it this guy here? Is that Tom Selleck right in the corner there? <laughs> Maybe. You, should, oh, did you guys oh, no. know? Apparently, there we go. That uh, this oh, is Wolfman yeah. Jack. Wolfman Jack. That's uh, that's uh, yep. John Wayne. Yeah, uh, Alfred E. Newman. Look at that must. Yeah, look right there. Look at that mustache. Mm -hmm. And it's even funnier. Apparently, Mick Jagger was supposed to be in the cover as well. He was supposed to be in the. I think it was the lower lower um where i have it in my notes here hold on mick jagger front cover lower left corner but he was replaced by uh don king in uh in the final cover so i was like oh okay you know and then of course we know that this got reproduced well, this got redone with ali fighting michael jordan back in like the 2000s Oh, uh, so I, yeah, this, ESPN magazine. Yeah, uh, yeah. Adams did a riff on the cover featuring uh, Ali as uh, fighting basketball star Michael Jordan. Oh, interesting. In the two thousand, yeah, I had no idea. And it's funny, in like when we get to talking about the the, the legacy of it, I learned why it took so long for them to reprint the the series because it took decades before they were finally reprinting it, like in twenty ten. And Adams admitted why in an interview. So so stick around, kids. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much most of the big notes I had. Some of uh, some of it, the story we can talk. Some of it's story related. But so the story. Yep, there you go. Look at that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. So so I had some feelings about the story. Um, so I let you guys go first because I don't I don't want to I don't want to start on my nerd rage. <laughs> Leo, why don't you set it off? Why don't you? You've, you never read this, correct? I never read this, and uh, 
So tell us what you thought. Well, start off with, with the artwork. Um, and so I have to say, seeing Neil Adams draw Superman, this brought me back to my childhood because I think so, like the first comic I had of Superman was Neil Adams. And mm-hmm. uh, it, it, that it just brought me back to like, I remember, you know, uh, you know, coloring him in and it's just like, just it, it brought back some memories and uh but going with the story um i i had a couple issues you know with with some of it but it, yeah. overall I, I i i thoroughly enjoyed it you know it, it was definitely uh you could see there's definitely some um some some race talk trying to bring things to life um and and you know i and i think it was very admirable of them to to write about it in that time you know, and I, I read something that uh, Adams fought for additional colors in the printing to be more representative of uh, of of people in this of, of different color, which I find was amazing. Oh. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, you know, I know we'll go in deep on the actual storyline and what happened and whatnot. But overall, this was a fantastic read. What about oh, you, Rich? I liked it very much. Um, like even this page right here on the right, where he's uh, sort of generating these sort of tunnels of wind to stop the uh, huge wave from just crashing down. I'm mean, just his way to find innovative ways and uh, you know, still still being challenged. Not not so superpower that it's you know, just easy for him. He still has to make a major effort. Yeah, and they, they really showed their strength. I mean, Superman was put into a predicament where, you know, he he couldn't really do anything. You know, they they. These were just three missiles that they launched, and he was able to stop them. But, you know, right after that, then they destroyed a small, unoccupied island. And it's just like, you know, we have a huge armada that's ready to just wipe out, you know, uh, uh, humanity. Right. So yeah, I, it's, t- it's time to make a negotiation. Yeah. So I, I think they gave it really, you know, a no-win situation, which uh, was a realistic way for them to agree to to go do battle each other mm-hmm. i agree with that absolutely um, the uh oh sorry go ahead drew what about you no uh, i mean honestly i've never read the story i've always had mixed feelings about superman as a character but um in terms of a crossover i thought this was i i too had some issues but overall i was i was thoroughly entertained um you know i really appreciated the humanity um i really loved small certain moments like for me one of my favorite moments was just you had superman in a, like a pocket dimension with time slowed down just so he could learn from muhammad ali how to box yes i love that you know you you yeah you have this character who's essentially let's be real he's essentially a god on earth and now he's learning how to fight even better you know i mean can you imagine like it's one thing to punch dark side or doomsday you know but to get him with a hailmaker or a or a right hook jab i mean that's pretty that's pretty ballsy you know so yeah exactly rope a dope you know and it's just again i i thought it was very how to say this it was very much as realistic as it could be, you know, how Muhammad Ali, you know, his, his bigger than life personality, you know, his, his set of morals, his code of honor in a way. And I think that, again, I think it's just like I've, I said before, it has a very timeless quality. Like it's clearly of a different time. It's very of the 1978 era, but there's a reason that people still are reading it and enjoying it to this day. It's got, some great messages attached to it. It's got some great story. There's action and whatnot. But, you know, it it's very wholesome. It's not hokey for the sake of being hokey. It's not trying to win points with any sort of demographic. It's just a good story. So One thing that's how I, I felt about it. I know we're... Totally. Uh, I, I know we can pick this apart, but, uh, you know, when the alien first comes to Earth and he, he uh, knocks down Lois Lane and just Ali's you know, reaction, just sock it to him. This guy that, you know, he doesn't know his powers or anything, but he's like, you know, you don't disrespect somebody like that and just, you know, it goes to take him out. Yeah, he's right. a gentleman yeah. and a warrior. Exactly. Indeed. Uh, and I so. caught, I'm trying to remember where the other one was. There was a couple Star Trek references. He uh, uh, he calls the alien a Trekkie, and uh, I'll try to find the other reference as we go through this. 
think there was a Star Wars. Yeah, there was definitely there, there was definitely yeah there was definitely a lot peppered in there that I feel like you have to read. It, it's like a it's like a movie. Sometimes you have to read it, uh, watch it again, pick up all the little details. Yeah, absolutely. You know, but the likeness of Ali that Neil Adams got was just. I mean, it, in some point, it was like a portrait. Yeah, yeah, it was spot on. And you know, it's funny, Rich. You bring up um, you brought. I don't know if it was you or Leo brought up the whole Superman using his powers and kind of struggling. To me, it felt like this Superman was very much more in line with Christopher Reeve than anything. Like it very much had that that golden, somewhat silver age kind of feel to the character. Like I could have easily seen Christopher Reeve's Superman uh, fighting along, uh, fighting Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali, right? Like, yeah, yeah I could have easily seen that. And uh, you know, again, the action was stupendous. I mean, look at look at the 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 style. I mean, you, so I mean, say what you want about Neil Adams, but like when he was on point, his artwork could really just yeah, the, knock and, and it out of the park. Through nineteen seventy eight, look at those robots. Look at the detail. Look how high tech it looks. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, no, he, he was on, he was on some good levels then, you know, like, again, like I said, I have my opinions about Neil Adams, but you, like, you got, it's a uh, game recognizes game, my dude, like, yeah, man could, the man stellar. could draw, Hunya, their warrior, uh, quite, a, quite a big boy. You know, it's funny when I saw him, I thought of that multi-armed guy from Mortal Kombat. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, I see. that's, that's who I was thinking of when I see that. You know, and I'm just like, okay. See, see, you know. when I was reading it, and you know, having I, I, Superman didn't really battle him, but uh, I thought, you know, was this, you know, where they got some ideas for Doomsday? And I, I could be totally talking out my ass, but you know, that that was my thought. Well, I think that this is this comic marked one of the few times that we really saw Superman kind of, you know, his, get his ass whooped. Yeah. You know, because any other time, you know, he's like I said, he's he's being powered by the yellow sun. He's he's indestructible. Like I said, he's essentially a god, you know, but he doesn't have his powers. He's just left to his his own willpower and whatnot. And like Muhammad Ali does not pull his punches. It's not just um, it's not just he's fighting for his own life. He's fighting for the, the life of the planet. And he has designated himself as to be the champion as well as Superman. So he's fighting to protect his world. And he's like, listen, I'm, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. Like, if I got to beat up the Man of Steel, sure. I loved it how uh, Superman just wouldn't fall down either. And I think that's... He, he, he's very Rocky-ish kind of in a way, you know? Like, I like I don't know. I, I got like, because maybe that's the extent of my, my boxing you know, but I got like it had a Rocky and Apollo Creed kind of vibe to it. You know, he just kept taking the hits, you know, and seven year old me seeing that image of him laid out on the stretcher was that was super emotional. Well, because, again, Superman was still a, like we want to say, you know, yeah, he's always been that. But he was still I would say he's still a fresh symbol in the 70s. You know, I mean, he'd only been that been out. Um, what was it like twenty something years? And then that was the golden age of comics. You know, no one was really taking them uh, seriously. It was just fun entertainment for the kids. Like seventy eight, you know, we were on our way to you know slightly mature, more darker stories. So again, we see this this which is considered one of the first superheroes of the modern age. He's beat up. You know, it's it's the same way we felt when Superman died. You're like yeah. Superman can't die, but yet here's his coffin. Yeah. Uh, I want to go back to when they were talking about. Oh, uh, did you guys uh, catch uh, Howard Cosell when uh, when Jimmy's doing the announcing? Oh yeah, and I think they, the reason they did that they couldn't get the likeness. Yeah, Howard Cosell wouldn't give the likeness, so that's why they have Jimmy hosting for him. Yeah, and that was weird. I was just like, Jimmy, you can't host. <laughs> like, yeah, and he's all nervous, but then he just like goes right into it. The uh, the other thing, the aliens. Uh, yeah, I, what's up with these chicken aliens? <laughs> and, and the the guys on the right look very familiar. Like it's it's it looks like it's from some like sixties space show, but I don't know what. Look, the lower right looks like Ron R A A N, the big headed guys. Yeah, no, no, wait, wait, no, he's talking about oh, lower right. Oh, yeah. oh, lower. Yeah, that's isn't that? Yeah, that's Adam Strange. Yeah, Adam Strange right? from oh. Ron, right? Or uh, is was it Ron or Zenla? I don't know, but you, we know who we we know that alien. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, and then it's funny because like the ones on the left 
kind of reminded me of of um kind of remind me of Marvel's the leader a little, you know, the big oh, brains. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Kind of, you know. But yeah, then the chicken people and then you got you got like uh, wait, wait, the wait. green ones are like a mix of Cthulhu and and Cronenberg's The Fly. Yeah. Like it's just ugly. Okay, did he do he must have did this on purpose. So these aliens look like eggs and these look like chickens. <laughs> oh, it's, he totally did that on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> the co- the DC's it, cosmic sense. He needed a. Don't you guys don't bring up any of the egg metaphors, please. <laughs> I beg you. We all afternoon. I've seen so many egg metaphors. I was like, that's it. I've cracked. I'm like, oh my god, no. <laughs> you, you know you, what I love is so so uh, Patsy. You know he's he's always going for the cheap joke like that or or the pun, and absolutely love it. But to, you know, then see you and Brandon like go off on it. It was like, okay, this is awesome. I, I just love it. <laughs> well, you know, people got to know what's going behind the scenes. Yeah. You know, we're not just living the 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 nerdy debutante lifestyle. You know, we're 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 a bunch of older dad joke like uh, moths. You know, we we can't help ourselves. We know we're cheap. We know we're cheesier than the. Uh, than a brie section in France, you know, we, we got it. Oh, yeah. Well, and I don't get that, you know, it, it's, I get the dad joke, but I think it's just our era from growing up, you know, it's just cause I've always told cheesy jokes like that. Yeah, busting chops, having yeah, fun. Totally. Just like, but just, it kept, it kept going. <laughs> Bam. But so, okay. So, so I, okay. One of my issues with this, um, and maybe you guys can, can help clarify something for me because I was a little confused on this. So as I understood, they fight and Superman is, is basically for all accounts, a dude in a cape and red and blue underwear for this fight, because apparently we have to do it that way or else some aliens couldn't tell them apart. Um, which is some sort of commentary, I'm sure. Um, Muhammad Ali whoops his ass, just flat out knocks him the fuck out, although he put up a good fight. So he's taken away to heal and whatnot, and then Ali is supposed to fight Henla, Hua, whatever. Um, and then it's revealed that Superman and, and I guess his, his manager, his quarter man, like one of his, his, his quarter man switched places. Mm-hmm. So I was confused something. So did did he actually whoop Superman's ass or did he beat up his friend? He beat up his friend. I was a little confused. He beat up his friend, right? So, oh. So 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 here's my question here. So is Superman versus Muhammad Ali a misdirect? Because technically then does that mean that they never really fought? Just in training, I I'm guess. Just, right. So it's just in training and we never really saw anyone lose and it was just that was just training. So in some ways, did is how do I say this? Is Superman versus Muhammad Ali kind of a lie? No, 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 no. Why, Leo? Okay, yeah, Leo. Leo's quick to. to I know, I because as you're saying that, I'm like, no, that's not what I. But if you look at Superman, he's bruised. He takes off the mask. He's all bruised up, so he was in the fight. Okay. So, but Uh, okay. So they did the switcheroo somehow when they're bringing him to the ship. Uh, okay. Oh, All right. Okay. Cool. Cause, uh, okay. Because I, I was like, I was for a second. Too. Yeah. That, 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 like, to me, I was like, that could have, that could have been me a little clearer. You know, I would never say that to Neil Adams if I ever saw him face to face again. It's been years. Um, but I was just like, okay, like we could have had like one panel kind of explain that. I mean, yeah. and I know they explained that they switched them. You know, but at the same time, I was like, okay. Yeah. I mean, it's a little. A little weird. I totally agree. I mean, the so they talk about. Uh, let me find the spot where they're talking about the ship. Also, I feel like when we do these things, we should probably say spoilers in case people actually <laughs> wanted to read it. Like, if you actually wanted to read this, don't watch this episode. If you did, fair warning, you'll still love it, but you'll know it's coming. Yeah, we've never confused them, so they have to read it. Yeah. Oh, it's totally. True. Uh, so yeah, it's talking about the the soldiers stand in silence until the ship disappears from sight. Uh, and they think he's on the ship uh, to go get okay. repaired. Uh, right. But yeah, the yeah, because when you get to the end here, uh, yeah, he's all bruised up. Okay. Listen, they, I just, I was like, I feel like I mis- was misunderstanding something. So I was like, let me ask these two, get some fresh perspective because we all read the same book. You know, I was like, you know, all right, good. And then later on, there's another thing that I'm sure irked everybody. 
So I still don't get it. But, you know, again, this the rest of it was, I guess, kind of predictable. Like, we knew he, uh, Ali was going to be Henla, Henya. Uh, okay, you know who I'm talking about. Yeah. You know, and then and then you got the cowardly dictator who can't lose. Oh, my God. Attack Earth anyway. How dare them. Um, oh, she. <laughs> yeah. You know. Um, and and you've got like the great image of him super recharged from the sun, and he's like, okay, it's round two, bitches. You know, he's got that face. He's all like, I always love that. Like he gets his ass whooped, but he just spends like twenty minutes looking in the sun, gone, healed, ready to go. Hair's back, bruises are gone. He's ready to rock. That's right. You know, us takes us weeks to look pretty again. Like Kryptonian <laughs> physiology, you know? That's the key thing. Apparently. Apparently. Um, no, the uh, if we're really talking story, it's the end the scene at the end really gets me. But we'll get there. Oh yeah, yeah. The the knockout punch. Like, bam. Like, uh, god damn. The like, turnbuckle into the stands. That was a moment that felt a little wrestling-ish to me, you know? Like, throwing, like, knocking somebody out into the crowd. Sure. To me, I kind of have to expect, you know, Ali to just pull a, can you smell what's cooking? (laughs) Well, he he was supercharged because before this, uh, let me find it, wasn't the... Wasn't um, the main baddie talking about uh, enslaving the entire race? Basically. You you know how it is. They always got to sweeten that pot. Yeah. You know, you got to win. You must win or your entire world will be enslaved. I'm just like, yep, you guys, it's (laughs) enough is never enough with y'all. Now you're talking about the end scene. Flying through all the ships, just destroying them. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He he just goes ham, dude. Look at that. He does. He does Captain Marvel. He totally did. He Captain Marvel before Captain Marvel did. Yeah. Just comes out of nowhere and just decimates the whole goddamn army. So he must have been really on that ship. He was just in disguise, right? Because mm-hmm. the ship was bringing him back so he could get to the sun. Yeah, so he could heal. Yep. I, I, I don't know. You know, like, but for me, again, after everything was said and done, you know, the the the, the despot is deposed. Henla is the new ruler. Um, like, this is a cute moment. Yeah. You know, but like, I'm sorry. The moment where where Ali somehow realizes he like he's like, oh, I know you're super identity, Superman. Like, I figured that shit out. I was like, what? You didn't like that? Well, no, I just, for me, it just kind of came out of nowhere. It's like some part of it kind of made sense because I'm like, if you spend so much time around somebody and you pick certain things up, I'm like, okay, cool. But it's funny because there's a rumor that Ali assisted, insisted on that plot point, um, which Neil Adams was like, um, I, I can't really say for certain. If it's true, I wasn't aware of it. Um, so I don't know if that was Ali's contribution or if that was, you know, one of the editors said, oh, yeah, do that. I mean, again, Superman's secret identity It before when there was one, we can't really say there is one now. Because everybody knows. Um, it did seem a little too obvious. You know, I was like, did anybody else notice that you just put glasses on Clark Kent? Like, take Clark Kent's glasses off. It's Superman. Yeah, it's actually you know? a big joke. And he was just pointing it out, it felt like. Yeah, I guess. I mean, it wasn't like, oh, my God, like, the comic's ruined. It was just like, okay, they bonded enough. They We, we saved the world. Never going to tell a secret. Was, yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. And he was like, oh, I'm not going to tell. I'm like, I mean, hey, good, 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 good for you. I don't know. Uh, so uh, the scene in question, uh, Muhammad Ali says, I noticed back in the playground, you're telling Jimmy Olsen he had no film in the camera. The only ones who knew that were Lois Lane, Jimmy, me, and Clark. So how could Superman know it unless he was Clark Kent? Bum, bum, bum. So that's just basically proves Superman just is flawed in his identity because he's just too trusting. Yeah, I guess that's why they're getting rid of him this summer, right? Oh my God, Let, <laughs> let's not, please. It's not. They've been listen. They've been trying to get rid of Superman for years. Yeah. Okay. It's never going to stick. Didn't they have like Superman from different nations at one point? Yeah, they probably they Batman International Superman at some point. I don't know. Yeah, there was uh there was also a I think it was a black label. There was like a Asian Superman as well. That was a pretty good story. Um uh, the new Superman? 
no. Asian one, right? Yeah, it was like a one-off story. Oh, okay. Um, I have the book. I'm trying to remember the name of it. You know, um, Drew, it's interesting. I was reading an article today. I was like, oh, I want to catch up because Drew had said he did all this history on this book. Mm-hmm. And the article that I that I read said it was Don King's idea and that Neil Adams spent two weeks with Ali to get to know him and get the feel for uh, his art. And he said a lot of the quotes he took were directly from Ali that were in the book. Oh, wow. I... It's funny because my research had said something different, funny enough, that that um, that he wasn't very close to Ali, but that he knew that Ali had loved the comic and was very fond of sharing his copy to friends when they came to visit at his home. So, you know, but there was a lot of back and forth and there was a lot of approval that went on with this particular book. So that really wouldn't surprise me, mm-hmm. you know, because a lot of the the photos and then a lot of, I agree with you, a lot of the dialogue is very much, very much Ali, like the responses and everything. Like, like it, it, it was really, I agree with you, Leo. Like you said, it was, it was really more of a, por- a, a portrait, a portrayal rather than a characterization. Absolutely. So, mm-hmm. I, uh, I saw in one of uh, his interviews, uh, I guess there was an issue. One of the delays was there was an issue with the contract, and he ended up writing the contract himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that 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 is actually part of why there was issues uh, with it reprinting as well. So uh, I guess we're getting to that. That I guess we're getting to that point. We did try to say we're going to try to keep it an hour, hour and a half these days. Um, so yeah, and it's funny because okay, because we as we know the book came, came finally came out in uh, 1978. Yep. So right around that time, uh, Ali was fighting uh, Leon Spinks in New Orleans to regain his heavyweight title. So as we, I, I'm sure boxing fans would remember, he he ended up beating Spinks. Um, but at the press conference there, he encouraged Pete, like the world, hey, I'm in a comic where I'm fighting Superman. Buy that book. He said it was going to be available to every free country all over the world. And and again, like I like I said, like. It was really unfortunate because of the delay, because when it finally came out, he wasn't. But I feel like it still worked to their favor because by the time it was out, they could publicize it. And who better to publicize it than one of the char- the story's main character? Yeah. Uh, the article I read, it said um, that he was dethroned by Spinks in 1978. Uh, mm-hmm. So when it came out, but he won it back yep. uh, later that year in September. Exactly. And he he was so proud of it, and and Adams has been on record saying like he still has people who will come up, you know, um, of all colors, especially you know he said when he sees like African American um, uh, people bring their old weathered copies, rich, you know, for him to sign. He said it's it's a really great emotional moment for him. And he actually got a, a photo with him after that press conference where he beat Sphinx. Uh, he was he fought through the crowd uh, to just get to Ali's side for the photograph. And he said he, he put his hand on his shoulder and it was just like stone. You couldn't be around him and not see that he radiated power and strength. Those are Neil's exact words. Wow. And yeah, it, it was crazy, you know. But um, Leo, you you brought it up another uh, important part. I feel like I've been talking the whole time, so I apologize. Hey, no, it's it's uh, it's good conversation. We're all getting in our points, you know. It's and you know, it, you are the research king, so it's you know. No, no, Rich did some good research, yeah. right? Rich, you you did a great you, historical storyline, and uh, you yeah. know, but it's great to see a youngin like you get in. All charged out it through. I will. I I swear to God, I will stick you back into that acid where you belong, (laughs) you pasty clown. Hey, uh, Um, just real quick, uh, during uh, everybody's research, did you come across the uh, Pawn Stars episode? I did. Yeah. I did not. Oh my God. Classic Pawn Stars. You you know the uh, the comic uh, rep says what is worth uh, what three hundred, and he offered him a hundred bucks. Exactly. I was just like, don't take it. Yeah. Don't take it. Yeah. And the guy was like, uh, uh, I know the guy said, uh, you know, it's worth uh, so much, but would you take 225 And then all of a sudden he dropped another 100 bucks and sold it for 135 Oh, no. Yeah. Idiot. Yeah. That's why you always do the research before you, you go in. Oh, yeah. Um, right. So, when, so, Leo, you brought it up that the reason that it took so long for them to reprint the book 
which didn't happen till about 2010. Yep, 2010. I believe. Yeah, 2010 was because Neil wrote his own contract for it because DC was uh, was paused on it after like six months. So Neil was like, okay, fuck it. I'm going to do it myself. So he wrote his own contract, which again, when you write your own contract, you can make it favorable to you. And, you know, um, when it came to, again, uh, I guess his daughter was sent in to negotiate and and they went essentially they went back they they redid it again they even went back to uh Ali's people for the second time to really make sure everything was approved and i guess that's why they kind of did it so that's why it took so long as i guess they didn't want at neil adams to get too much of the the advantages because he was basically him that really kind of spearheaded the whole thing. I mean, yeah, other people may have, have come up with the idea and, and ran with it a bit, but it was really more his baby than anything. And and then, as you know, it, it got released 2010. There was two covers. There was the regular, the treasury size, and then you had the deluxe edition, which had a new cover. Uh, apparently, by 2018, the reissue has gone through six printings. Wow. So, yeah, it's, it's one of the most successful comics DC has ever published wow well somebody so, on uh google shopping is selling the treasury collector's edition hard to find in nice condition condition original owner for condition a, condition yes uh eleven hundred dollars yeah i'm good yeah i'll just borrow rich's copy if i need it yeah i'll just plastic gloves you know i'll have my corona mask on i was like i gotta breathe on it I'll just yeah i'll even get some some tongs to flip the pages. <laughs> I, I remember that. I don't know if you ever, did you guys read Calvin and Hobbes? Yeah. Growing up too? Do you remember he had a, he, he had a, a moment where he was loaning Hobbes one of his comic books and he was right through all these rules about it. He was just like, you know, put on these gloves, use these tongs to turn the pages, don't breathe on it. And I just, I remember, I remember Hobbes said something, because Hobbes always had a, a retort. I said something about it, and I just remember I was like, "Yeah, you know, better, better like give it back to me." That this, I, I, I reconsider, and I was just like, "How how how comic book fans feel when they're loaning their books out to people who aren't nerds?" Sure. Like, Don't bend it. Stop. You're opening it too much. <laughs> yeah. Here, it's a comic book. It's my comic book, but you can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just make sure your hands are clean and acid free and only touch the mylar bag and use these sterilized tongs to turn the pages <laughs> try not to exhale too much moisture okay don't mess it up <laughs> yeah and then, and then yeah because he was trying to do goodwill to get in with santa because hobbs put him in his head that he's just been bad the whole year so he's not getting any presents and he's, and he's like yeah that's one spontaneous act of goodwill i hope you're satisfied santa <laughs> Darn you. I think uh, spontaneous acts of goodwill should be less reluctant. Reluctant ones count. <laughs> you know, I, it's like I remember I loaned um, my copy of uh, Batman Year One that I have in like issue form that's signed by David Mazzuccelli. Nice. Thank you. Um, who, yeah, is, is, and I loaned it to a friend of mine and I explained it all to her and she's like, why, why, why are you loaning this to me? Like, I was like, well, I want you to read it. They're comic books, you know, it's not comic collectibles, much less how some people treat them. And she said she was so scared. She she read it, but she was just like, Shh. oh, that's great. And all I said to her was like, just went like, just be careful and wash your hands before you read it. Cause you don't realize the finger oils. Oh yeah. And, and uh, dry, dry your hands first too. Oh yeah. Yeah. Dry them too. Yeah. That's another one. You know, I was like, that's it. And I said, if, if, if you bend a corner and I find out you're dead. Yeah. And, you know, and I was like, I was very, very fair. You, you, the way you hold it, you, you can't let the, the, the spine open up. You got to let the pages fall, read around the corner, you know? Yeah. You just have to hold it in a certain way. Like, uh, like practice for cradling a child. Oh yeah. Just, just Unless you bought two copies and then you could just violate it. No, oh, yeah, no, I used no. To, I used to know... <laughs> somebody who did that he would always buy like one to read and one to right to up. like preserve and, and i said to him i was like what job do you have that you can have because comics oh thank you leo <laughs> you know but i just i said i was like what job do you have that you can because comics are expensive and i'm just like and he didn't just get like you know four books i mean i think he was collecting a lot i was like like i was like they're good they're not, but they're not that good i mean you know i was like i was like okay i guess rich kids do love comics now so, so I, I, I was not a rich kid. Uh, I, uh, I went to work at a very early age. 
because I wanted mm-hmm. to buy my own stuff. And, uh, you know, I, I grew up, you know, like most of us, I grew up, you know, paper route. Uh, no, I was working, uh, retail. Uh, I convinced a, uh, a small shop to hire me underage and started Ow. there. I, I called them like one summer. I called them like every day. Are you hiring? Are you hiring? <laughs> and finally, <laughs> Google him. Is, is, is this how you got the, you got, you got the, the wife, you put a ring on it. You just kept like, uh, will you marry me? Will you marry me? Will you marry me? Will you marry me? <laughs> All right, fine. <laughs> will you buy a house with me? Will you buy a house? I'm like, oh my God. Well, it worked, right? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. Uh, yeah, I, I worked there, it, uh, and it was. I have some amazing stories from there. It's uh, the place got raided by the FBI multiple times, and uh, yeah, it, it's. Uh, <laughs> Forget about it. I know. Well, matter of fact, uh, the the owner, uh, the last time I saw him, uh, I, he asked me to cover his shop while he was in uh, indisposed for six to eight months, and. Uh, <laughs> When he came back, he packed up. He packed up everything and went to uh, the border of Canada because, in order to get a lesser sentence, he turned in his supplier, and it turned out his supplier had connections with the yakuza. Oh boy! Yeah. Oh, oh boy! Yeah. He, oh, but imagine this: he went to jail for selling pirated Pokemon products. Trademark infringement. Oh yeah. Well, you know, he was a wholesaler, and he was he was you know. He was mixing in pirated things with real things. So it was like, and he sold to places like GameStop and stuff like that. And yeah. You don't get, you don't get gym badges for going to Jiff and Jails. So I I just, I, I can't, I just, I, I, that is somehow the dumbest thing I've, I've heard. And I've heard so many dumb things like, oh my God. Yeah, he, Can you imagine how much you must have got your ass whooped? If you have someone ask you what you're in here for, <laughs> like I, I feel like I'd have to stab somebody on protocol too. Oh yeah, like well, Pokemon. That that so that was the third time he was raided by the FBI. Uh, the first time I was actually working there, uh, and he was selling a Nintendo cartridge that had like 200 games in one. It was uh sure. yeah bootleg yeah. yeah it was bootleg games and then uh. The second time he was, uh, this is when CD games were still, you know, j- fairly fresh. It was 3DO, and uh, he he was replicating games and selling them as actual product. And his actual product, like, looked so close to the original. It was crazy. You know, he had boxes manufactured and everything. It was it was crazy stuff. So, so Leo, I want to make sure I understand this. So, what you're telling me, and Rich, and our fans, is that you were working. Un- unaware that you're working with like the nerdy mafia well so i stopped wor- mafia? I-, I stopped working shortly after uh the, the first raid the first one the first raid because okay. i actually was uh questioned by lawyers for many hours and it was stupid you know i, I was i was a young kid i had to be i don't know i had to be probably around 16 17 around the time oh and- yeah, yeah yeah you were dumb Oh yeah, yeah, and uh, they kept on showing me questions, and like his game had uh, it was Super Mario Brothers, but the Mario was spelled wrong, and they're saying like, can you determine which of these is the real game and which is it was like crazy stuff, yeah. It was the Super Wario Brothers. Yeah, it, 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 I, can't, <laughs> I I can't remember what it said, but it was it was crazy stuff. But yeah, after I ended up uh, working there, I uh, left and got hired for software, etc. And uh, mm-hmm. my entire paycheck, a lot of times, I would just spend on comics because I was, you know, I was in high school and I was working, you know, after school and on weekends. And, you know, that's that's what you do when you're a kid. You spend your entire paycheck on uh, comic books. That is very accurate. Yeah. Uh, and, right, you know, they were a little bit cheaper then, too. They were. Yeah. Yes, they were. Yeah. And that was right when the crash happened, too, because I, I remember buying a ton of uh, Silver Surfer number 50 thinking, I'm going to be rich one day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the, the foil cover? Yep, yep. With the foil cover? Yep. Oh, no. 
Listen, the same people thought the same with Superman. They're like, oh, I'm going to buy a bunch of these, and then I'm going to sell them and be rich. Yeah. And like, yeah, it's it's market price. Yeah. Oh, I, I just found uh, – I'm curious. Uh, Drew might know. Uh, I found the X-Force number one, still sealed five-pack. I got two of them, both with the Deadpool card. Nice. That's what, awesome. What, what, does that have any value these days, Drew? I have no idea these days. The, mar- the seller's market – has changed so much. I mean, and it's so sad because that's what I think has contributed a lot to comic people charging more for their autographs. Like, it's not just, you know, they got to make money too. And, you know, hotels and food and airfare and stuff are expensive, which it's true, they are. But like, like you sometimes see these guys at cons like there's no way that you can exp- uh, you can somehow have a legit excuse for having six of the same fucking cover signed. Like there's no way. Yeah. And then that just messes up the seller's market. I mean, it's the same way I feel like anytime NYCC would come up. Like you have those people like, oh, I accidentally bought like six single days. You know, I didn't want to take these off my hands. I was like, there's no way you accidentally bought six of those. How dumb do you think we are? And then, you know, four people actually will buy that. I'm just like, you guys are so stupid. All of you. So to be honest, Rich, I, I maybe I would say look it up, but I, I, I have no idea anymore. And it's the same thing. Like, I'm sure I got some gems in my collection, but to be quite honest, who knows? You love them. Yeah. I, I have a couple dozen X-Men number one if you guys are interested. Is that the is that the Claremont Lee which, cover? Which X-Men number one? The the reboot from the nineties, the one that they had like, you know the interlocking covers. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, great one. Yeah, I got I got those already signed by Claremont, dude. Like nice. <laughs> yeah, come on. <laughs> you know. That you mean the Guinness World Record cover? Like the one that they printed billion? like yeah, like yeah, billions of copies or whatever it was. Yeah. It's yeah. It's probably worth it's like Jim Lee. Yeah. Jim Lee. That's the reason that that happened. Jim Lee, everybody. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, but like I said, my, my reservations for this story aside, you know, it was a good read. It was a solid read. You know, I would definitely recommend it to anyone who just wants a, a nice, simple Superman story. Um, it's just so funny because it, it really did remind me that that this really was a it's still a trend where superheroes team up with celebrities yeah you know like i remembered uh you know spider-man and and jay leno weird Spider-Man, um, barack obama there you go spider-man and barack obama or even spider-man and stephen colbert um same issue i was like okay all right and um yeah it's just I, I i always wonder if it's more of a cash grab rather than a legit story like i remember when super uh, spider-man and barack obama cover God, so many people that do not read comics would come into the shop I went to and ask about it. And we were just like, yeah, we don't have any more. Like, we're waiting for a second printing. And then you just get, oh, okay, thank you. And they would just hurry away. It's like, nope, can't be seen in here. This den of nerdery. (laughs) Yeah, you know it's a cash grab. It has to be. It has to be, right? Uh, I know we are running on time. Was there any last thoughts you guys had on the story or anything else you wanted to share? I'm, I'm shared out, bud. Okay. But uh, I give it a 4.25 crowbar. Thanks for remembering Velvet Joker. Mm-hmm. Well, how can I forget my crowbars? Exactly. That's true. Okay. Um, you give yours. I'll give mine last. Uh, I really enjoyed this. And like I said, the artwork really brought me back to my childhood. Uh, I'm going to give this four and a half. Okay. I am going to give this, I'm going to give it a solid four. Nice. You know, um, for me, the artwork was a saving grace. You know, the story... I liked, there were certain things about it personally, I was like, meh, but it's still entertaining. I think anybody, regardless of what you know of Superman, would enjoy the story. And it's funny because Neil Adams, who again, I have my my mixed feelings about because um, I've met him a few times and his ego is very strong. Um, he referred to it as he felt that, that the book helped reintroduce Superman to a lot of people, like in a certain way. And I, and I kind of really agreed with that. Like, this is a kind of book that whether you've read a ton of Superman or you haven't, you get everything you need to know. You don't need any excess, um, story or whatnot. It's pretty one, two, three. I don't think, I don't think we'll ever see an adaptation of it. Um, but I gotta admit, those figures that they did for it later on, those are pretty detailed and pretty cool. Oh, the NECA ones? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty nice. So yeah, I'm gonna give it a four. Four, four out of five crowbars. And I would say the Dorkening recommends. Totally. Thumbs yeah. up. Yeah. Thumbs up. Well, you. 
Uh, so uh, if you haven't uh, yet, join our comic book club over on Splash Pages, the comic book club over on Facebook. And uh, Drew, uh, where do you like people interacting with you on the social media interwebs? Oh, um, I'm on Facebook. It's Drew Mallow. Uh, on Instagram, I'm GhostbusterMan1984. I'm a, one of the uh, comic writers for Screen Rant. So just look me up, Drew Mallow Screen Rant. You can see my work. Um, yeah, I'm there. Just if you want to find me, hit me up. I'll never say screw off unless, you know, it's a bad impression. I'm rambling. Go. Uh, or a egg joke. Yuck, yuck. <laughs> I hate you both. Yeah, you crack me up, yes. Drew. Uh, <laughs> oh, it can be on, on interwebs, but on uh, Facebook as Rich Davis or um, uh, CT Joker, where I cosplayed. You can see 30 years of cosplay. And, uh, or on Instagram at uh, Velvet Joker. That's me. Awesome. Uh, and for me, just Google Leo Pond, but more importantly, I want you to follow these awesome people. They do some amazing stuff. And, uh, you know, I run a little thing called the Dorkening Podcast Network, over 30 shows on a network. A lot of awesome stuff, some new shows coming up. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, some, some awesome people doing awesome stuff. And with that, we'll catch you guys later. Bye. Yes. Don't go yet, Drew. Oh, okay. Okay. Okay.